This is the Truth and Power Podcast with Ryan Edberg. Hey, I hope you're having a wonderful day. Today I wanted to talk to you uh, just about a few things. I want to talk about rightly dividing truth. I want to see if there's any contradictions in the Bible. Do you ever go to church and it seems like um, the pastor's talking out two sides of his mouth or it's really just an indecisive message? You talk about, start off the message by talking about the goodness of God, but by the end he's apologizing to sister so-and-so because she lost her kid or something like that and saying that the ways of God are higher than ours and you just don't understand the ways of the Lord. And then you're going back and forth saying, well, did God take their child or is he a good God? What's happening here? Um, we, we see this all the time in, in the body of Christ. And it's a lot of people that just don't understand um, the two different covenants in the Bible. There's no contradictions in the Bible at all. But sometimes when we preach from both sides of the cross, we get confused because there are two different things here shown in the Bible. There is one, there's the law, and then there's a new covenant after Jesus had died. So let me just show you this real quick here. Um, it says in uh, 2 Timothy 2, 14 and 15, it says, Remember these things, charging them before the Lord. Do not strive about words to no profit, that the ruin of the hearers... Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Right there, the very last thing is what I really want to focus on today. It says rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, this isn't saying rightly divide between good and evil. This does not say rightly divide, you know, what what's wrong and then what's right and the different... It, doesn't talk about any of that. It says rightly divide the word of truth. So the Bible is truth. And if you can rightly divide, you can also wrongly divide. And I believe that a lot of people in church today are wrongly dividing the word of truth, getting it mixed up. But we're supposed to be diligent and rightly divide the word of truth. You see, the law, if you look in Deuteronomy 28, was all about what you could and couldn't do. It was about you do this and this will happen to you. If you do this, this will happen to you. So if you love God and keep all of his commandments, not just 10 commandments, but like 360 some commandments, if you kept all of them, then the blessings of God fell upon you. But if you do evil, then bad things will happen to you and there's a curse upon you. And so we go back and forth from that. And that's where you see a lot of people are like, well, you can't get a tattoo. You can't do this. You can't do that. Well, it was if you pick up a stick on the Sabbath day, the first thing that they did, stone them. So the law was never meant to be fulfilled. It was always meant to show you that you need a savior, that you couldn't do it without God. And, and Jesus doubled down on this. He said that you're guilty of one, you're guilty of all of them. So you, most people don't even know uh, the Ten Commandments, let alone all 600. So I know that you have committed some. So if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of them all. So the law was only there to show people that they needed a savior because God's people said, we can do this. We can do this without you. And so God said, all right, well, then here's my requirements. Nope, you can't pass it. I need to send Jesus. And so the law wasn't there. We hear a lot of people today. Think about this for a moment. A lot of people will say we're supposed to be, um, we're supposed to do what Jesus did. So let's look through the New Testament and see what Jesus did. Let's see what Jesus did. You hear that all the time. But, you know, what would Jesus do? <laughs> it's a big saying. Um, but what Jesus came to do, it's not really what we're supposed to do. 
You see, some of the stuff that Jesus was doing, he came to do what you couldn't do. Jesus came to fulfill the law. So some of the stuff that we see Jesus doing today, or we see when we read today, is he was fulfilling the law, which is something that you could never do. Now, are we supposed to be Christ-like? Absolutely. Is his life an example that we need to do? Yes. But he was doing what we couldn't do, and that was fulfill the law, so you wouldn't have to do that. Now, let me show you uh, some of this, because there's a lot of people who just don't rightly divide uh, truth anymore. They keep preaching from one side to the other, going back and forth. It says in uh, John 8, uh, 31 through 36 is a famous scripture. Uh, it says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. So let me just stop right there for a minute. It says the Jews who believed him. Now the Jews, the Jewish people were God's people back then, but they were educated and studied in the law. That's all they did. They would study the Old Testament. They would study the law and they would do that. So this was, Jesus was speaking to the Jews who believed him. So these are Jewish people that know the law that also believe in Jesus. So this was hard for them. And it says, if you abide in my words, you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. We have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus was breaking it down here for them saying, I know you believe, but what you're trying to do is fulfill the law. You can't do that. I will truly make you free. Jesus is the only way to be free. And sometimes we go back and forth into the law and we add things to scripture to say, well, you need to accept Jesus and you need to fulfill the law. You need to do this and you can't do this and you need to do that. It's not about that anymore. It's about loving Jesus and have a personal relationship. Now, do you want all this garbage in your life? No, you don't. You don't want to be cussing like a sailor, drinking, smoking, do whatever, going with girls that do whatever they said when we were younger. But that is not keeping you out of heaven. That will destroy your life and wreck stuff, and God has a better plan for you. But the thing is to get closer to God and get closer to Jesus so that stuff goes away, not focus on the sin, but focus on Jesus. So here he's talking about you. The truth shall make you free. And Jesus was coming to say the law cannot make you free. You're going to focus on the sin. You're going to focus on the law. You're going to be under the law. But I've come to make you free from that. So some examples of rightly dividing truth and what is there. You know the story about um, the pool of Bethesda. In, uh, it's John 5 and 14, but it, it talks a lot about um, – just the, the pool. And Jesus came and he healed a man and said, do you want to be well? And the man said, I've got nobody to put me in um, when the, the water stirred, so I can't be healed. I've been waiting here. And whenever I go down to be healed, somebody gets in before me. See, there was uh, a stirring in the water from an angel in the, the first one in the pool after the water was stirred, got healed. And so this everybody would come there and sit there. And Jesus asked this guy that was sitting there, do you want to be healed? Well, of course he wants to be healed. That's why he's there. But see this, Jesus goes and, and says, get up your, 
pick up your mat and go and walk. Now, this man didn't even know who Jesus was because later in that story, you can go read this all through John 5. It talks about him saying, uh, the Pharisees came and said, "Who? why are you carrying your mat on the Sabbath? Again, they were under the law, trying to do everything that the law did. Jesus was there breaking the law, saying, pick up your mat and go and walk because Jesus knew that it was only through him that there was freedom. And he said, I don't even know who healed me, but this man told me and... And he goes through the story of what had happened. Well, Jesus found him the next day in the temple. And he said, do you believe in the son of God? And he said, tell me who he is so I can believe. And he, he told him that it was him. The guy accepts Jesus, um, gets saved. But what Jesus says there at the very end, he says, see that you have been made well. Now sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. And now we have churches today that will teach this doctrine because here, Jesus said it. Jesus told this guy, go sin no more unless something bad comes upon you. So whole groups of people today are talking about, don't, don't do any sin or else something bad, you'll get sick. You, this will happen to you. Well, if you're sick or you're sneezing or you're coughing, whatever, you've got cancer, uh, you're in a car accident, there's something bad. Jesus said it right here, sin no more. But they're not rightly dividing the truth. You see, Jesus said that, but realize that the new covenant didn't come yet. Why? Because Jesus hadn't died yet. Jesus was warning this man. He said, we're still under the law where if you do bad, bad's going to happen to you. He's warning you, don't go sin, lest something bad happens to you. That was all under the curse in Deuteronomy 28. Don't, if you sin, this will happen to you. If you're bad, this will happen to you. Don't follow the law, this will happen to you. So Jesus was saying to him, you're still under the law. Don't sin unless, or else something worse will come upon you. See, it says in Romans 6, uh, 14, it says, for sin shall not have dominion over you now. It says, sin won't have dominion for you are not under the law, but under grace. It says in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty six, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. How does sin even work? It's the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, there's truth in the law. The law was right. The, the law was holy and the law was, this is what you needed to do. There's truth in the law, but there's also truth in grace. That's why we need to rightly divide and understand what covenant we're under. You see, the Bible is true and accurate and there's no contradictions in it. And when you see different parts in the Bible, um, you need to realize what covenant they're under, even when they're talking. You see, the law went is not just Old Testament and then the grace is New Testament. The the law went all the way up into Acts or um, into uh, the Gospels until Jesus died. So as soon as Jesus died and rose again, it changed everything. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished, which means it changes everything. You see, there's truth in both of them, but we need to understand what... Um, what covenant we're under. If you look, uh, for example, Old Testament, Elijah called down fire from heaven <laughs> and burned up, you know, all the false prophets and burned up the people and stuff like that. He called down fire. So in Luke 9, the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, should we call down fire and burn them up? And Jesus turns and rebukes them. They don't understand that there's a new covenant. There's a new thing happening. I love it. Uh, the Christmas story, when Jesus was born, 
in the field, uh, there's uh, shepherds and angels light up the sky. And what do they say? They say, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. You see, before there, there wasn't goodwill towards men. There was the law. It was if you do bad, bad's going to happen to you. The first time that there's a new covenant, there's, they're proclaiming, they're prophesying, they're saying there's peace on earth now. Jesus is on earth. Jesus is, is peace. And now there's goodwill towards men. We're under a new covenant now because Jesus fulfilled the law. Jesus came to do what you couldn't do. It says in uh, Romans 8, 2 through 4, it says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made us free from the law of sin and death. You are now free from that sin of the law. Um, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So how do we know if we're in the Spirit or not? Is that if you do bad, you're in the law. If you do good, you're in the Spirit. No. Romans 8, you just keep reading down. Romans 8 and 9, it says, But you are not in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit. How do you know that? It Keep reading. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if he... If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he's not him. That's where we come up with the term, accept Jesus into your heart. You know, when you you get saved, you accept Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. How do you know if you're in the Spirit? Have you accepted Jesus? Then you're in the Spirit. Well, I've sinned. That doesn't mean you're back in the flesh. That means you've sinned and you need to turn from your sin and keep following Jesus. But it's not about well, I've done this, and and you're going back and forth from the flesh and in the spirit. That's not what this is saying at all. It's saying you're in the spirit if you have God living on the inside of you. And it says that he will never leave you or forsake you. So even if you screw up, he's not, well, I'm going to step out of the body right now. I'm not living in you anymore until you get right. Okay, now I'll step back in. God's not crazy like that. He is inside of you. He says he will never leave you or forsake you. You are given the spirit without measure. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. There's a lot of scripture that talks about that. And so you are in the spirit. You are sealed. And so you need to seek God now so that the things of this world grow strangely dim, that the things go away because you are no longer under the law. Galatians 3, 10 through 14, it says, For as many are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Curse is everyone who does not continue in the things written in the book of the law to do them, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. So even if you could uh, do the law, you still weren't righteous in the sight of God. You still couldn't do it. it. It was Jesus that you needed. Jesus is the only way. It says he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Even if you could to fulfill all the law, which you cannot, um, it still wasn't enough. Jesus is enough. Keep reading. It says, yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. I could stop right there and just preach on that, but Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. So now if you do bad, bad's not happening to you. Go through Deuteronomy 28. Read the curse of the law. You've been redeemed through all of that. Having become the curse for us, for it is written, curse is anyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham 
might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the Spirit uh, or the promise of the Spirit through faith. So now you've been redeemed from the curse, and now you're qualified to get the blessings of Abraham. How did you get the blessings of Abraham before? You had to fulfill the whole law. If you follow my commandments, plural, all of them, then you get the blessings of Abraham. Well, we couldn't do that. So who was blessed? Nobody. So now who's blessed? God's people. If you put your faith to it, if you believe in it, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon them. The Gentiles. Who are Gentiles? Everybody else that's not a Jew. God's people were the Jews, and now the Gentiles can be God's people. Everybody else. So the blessings of Abraham can come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. What are the blessings of Abraham? Go and read that. That will blow your mind of the blessings of Abraham and what God has for you. Um, he's got so much for you. And why do you even qualify for those blessings? Because Jesus fulfilled the whole law and did everything that you could not do. And so what you couldn't do, he came to do for you. And now that Jesus is living on the inside of you, you are now qualified because you have fulfilled the law. Because Jesus is on the inside of you, you can rebuke the curses that the devil still tries to put on you. The devil will still try to put things on you, say, well, my parents were broke, their parents before them were broke, I've just got this family curse on me. No, you've been redeemed from the curse, so it's no longer on you. Well, I've got this sickness on me, I've got this. No, you've been redeemed from the curse that it no longer, the devil will try to put it on you all day long. This world is hard, rebuke that, don't receive that, um, but you can receive the blessings of Abraham now. Why? Because you fulfilled the law. How? through Christ Jesus. It is only by him that says that you are the righteousness of Christ. A lot of people will say, well, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Well, are you a sinner or are you saved by grace? You can't be both. So are you a sinner or are you saved by grace? Um, my Bible says that we are saved by grace. And so now we can say that I'm the righteousness of Christ. How? Through Christ Jesus. That is the only way that I'm justified before God. And so now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and that walk not according to the to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. How do we know that we're in the Spirit? In Romans 8, we talked about that. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells within you. I hope today that encouraged you. I hope that it brought some life to you because the devil will try to put condemnation on you. He'll try to throw stuff on you. But you need to realize we need to rightly divide truth and go from the new covenant and the old covenant. Which covenant are you under? Today we're living in the new covenant, but a lot of churches, a lot of people will still preach from the law. They'll still preach, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to, well, you've got to be holy. No, you're holy because Jesus is holy. To keep up with everything Ryan has going on, go to KingdomYouthConference.com or follow him at Facebook.com slash Ryan Edberg Music.